Join us at our annual conferences in Surrey, Sydney and Florida to get up to speed on this year's theme of Next Generation ITAM. For more information, head to itassetmanagement.net forward slash events. Welcome to the ITAM Review Podcast, news, reviews and resources for ITAM, SAM and software licensing professionals. Welcome to the ITAM Review Podcast. My name is Martin Thompson from the ITAM Review. Uh, we're recording this podcast on a Friday afternoon in May in sunny UK and my guest um, Patrick Dickerson is phoning in from um, Cologne, of all places. Is it sunny in Cologne, Patrick? It is. Hi, everybody. Yes, it is. And um, this is your second podcast with us, I believe. It um, is. It's been, it's been a while, but yes, it is my second podcast. And I was looking back in the archives, and you actually recorded a podcast with us back in July 2016, um, right. we, we imaginatively called it All Things SAP, and um, <laughs> I think we're going to revisit that today. So um, I'd love to pick your brains on All Things SAP, uh, Patrick. Sure. Uh, lots of things going on uh, in the world of SAP. Um, but let's yep. let's start with maybe, um, before we dig into the content, what is Aspera up to in terms of SAP these days? Are you busy? Are you seeing much demand for... SAP license management, what's, what's the market like at the moment? Yes, we are. We do get a lot of questions about SAP. SAP is very, very active in the market at the moment. Um, as this podcast is going to explain to the listeners, they've changed quite a few things in their licensing over the last few weeks. And obviously, the, the demand for SAP license management, particularly on indirect access, has been very high over the last months, maybe years. Um, but at the moment, it's literally peaking. We, we, we've got so much work to do. I mean, it's a good position to be in. Um, we're, we're happy. We've got a very strong solution with license control for SAP um, here at Aspera. And yeah, it's we're doing great. And cool. yes, I know everybody would say that, but literally it is great at the moment. So um, lots of things to pick your brains about. Let me start with um, the, the sort of political or structural changes within the teams at SAP. Sure. So there's a, there's, you, you're telling me that there's a separation between the sales, SAP sales and audit teams. What, what does that mean and what's the change there? Right. That is, that is um, correct. That's what SAP announced on the 10th of April, amongst other things, um, that they are going to now introduce a separation of the SAP sales and audit teams. So SAP is committed to fully separate these teams. Um, basically, it, they've been pressured to do so. So what SAP currently has been doing is uh, what they call a project trust um, to create more trust in the market towards their licensing, chiefly because of all the, the legal aspects that have been going on in the press as of late. Uh, think Diageo, think other cases. Um, yeah, and this this separation of sales and audit teams is, is just meant to support that trust and empathy aspect that they want to stress. Um, and basically what they're saying at the moment is that no audit can be initiated by either the sales or the audit team for each other. So there is a clear separation there. Also, they 
have committed to communicating clearly when an audit starts and when an audit ends. Now, for me personally, if you read between the lines there, I find that quite astonishing that SAP is willing to go on record, even in official documents, in saying that they're happy to now separate because of, um, you know, there being issues about it, and that you get these clear clarifications, which just means, means basically so far you haven't. So far, you haven't been told when an audit is over. You haven't been told who's starting an audit or why they're starting an audit. And basically, it's, it's about time, if you think about it. So, yeah, um, I, I it's going to be beneficial. I remember this. Uh, Sorry. Did, did the work into the um, campaign for licensing a few years ago around SAP, and that was one of the critiques that people had of SAP is that the, the actual audit request would never actually finish. People, the, the SAP team would just sort of disappear into the sunset without any formal notification. Exactly. So you'd, you'd be left there thinking, well, uh, is this over? Or have they just sort of gone on to look at something <laughs> else? Or, you know, and so it was, it was hung in the balance, basically. Absolutely. And that's changing, which is a positive thing. Um, what's also changing is that at the end of an audit, you will receive an official end of audit report, which also hasn't been the case so far. So that's another positive thing for SAP customers going forward. Um, the hope is that that uh, particular report will be in your local language. There has been no confirmation on that. Um, we've been asked that question in particular quite a few times if the report is going to be in localized languages. Um, We'll just have to see how this pans out. Now, there are some further points to just consider here as well, because um, it's not all shiny, this separation thing. It's, it, it could just mean that SAP audits could be more severe in future, because uh, typically we expect tr uh, audits now to be triggered by the compliance team. So when there is something really seriously to be resolved within your environment, uh, so if you do get an audit, um, well, report or, or letter or something saying that you want, you are facing an SAP audit, chances are it's going to be a bit more severe than so far. Um, also, particularly in under-licensing scenarios, um, SAP will still want you to speak with the SAP sales team and find a commercial solution. So that's not out of, out of the frame. Um, however, there won't be a way, should you be dealing with compliance teams, um, at least officially, to resolve it in a commercial aspect. So just picking up money and, and make the audit going away, which sometimes is a viable good strategy, you, you know, that's that's pretty much, um, according to the official uh, announcements, that's not going to happen any longer. Find a commercial solution. I love that term. That's an, that's <laughs> an auditor's term, isn't it? Basically, if you buy my shiny cloud, I, I'll make this pain go away. Um, and what's that effect? And it's it's in the official documents from SAP. They they've literally written finding a uh, commercial solution is preferred. Yeah. Okay. It's it's funny. The next thing I wanted to pick your brains about was um, named user licensing. This is changing. Right. What what what's happening yes. there? What what does that mean? Okay, so named user licensing is is the bread and butter bar, uh, of SAP licensing. You know, everybody has user accounts, everybody has named user licensing, and it's just something all of our customers face. And what we've seen, something like 10 to 12, maybe 16 months now in, in the uh, German-speaking region or even in the wider European region, is that SAP is demanding of their customers to change the basis on how they license for their named user accounts. So, so far, 
um, the, the, the metric is the, your real usage. So what you've been doing as a user in SAP based on transactions, so-called T-codes, on dialogue steps, on reports, on CPU time, all those different metrics you can measure proper usage. Um, and that's what all of the main SAP optimization solutions do in the SAP market, quite honestly. So like our solution license control for SAP, um, that is the core functionality, evaluating an account based on their real usage and which optimal license type, based on that real usage, um, the account should have been getting. So going forward, SAP now wants you to base your licensing on so-called authorization objects. And these authorization objects, or just authorizations, are the things that you get, or flags, if you like, um, with your SAP role. So yes, this is getting a bit technical, but essentially, it allows you to access certain functionality within the SAP technology. So if you have um, specific authorization objects, you can access all sorts of things in logistics and so on, because that's your role. But on the other hand, you don't have the authorization objects for, um, let's say, employee stuff where you do HR uh, management or something like that. Yeah? So um, there is a separation of functionality based on authorizations. Now, because of um, the way things work in SAP, typically, on average, you will have more authorizations than you would really be needing, so what you've been really using. So anything, um, say, for example, in a logistics environment, um, you would get typically quite a bunch of authorizations, but would only use something like 10 or maybe 15% of those. So from a commercial aspect, um, the move here by SAP to now base licensing on the allocated authorization objects makes commercial sense. I mean, yes, this is a bit cynical. Um, there are other aspects at play here which we can talk about, but um, essentially it allows SAP to, um, yeah, to, to, to mandate you assigning larger license types or more cost, costly license types per account. Um, so that's the gist of things. and. What has happened is basically since the year 2008, roughly, um, texts in your contracts have changed. So this change that SAP is now introducing has been in your contracts for quite a while. They've just haven't decided to, to act on it yet. And this is yeah, something they, they must have had in their backhand, in their, in their pockets, and now have sprung this on, on customers where um, based on your specific contract condition, they as in SAP, um, want you to license according to authorizations. So the, what I'm also saying there is, if you have a contract setup which hasn't changed in many, many years, chances are this does not affect you, not yet. So, so, so the, this, this came up as a, sure. a, a rumor uh, at a BCS event in London a couple of months ago. So is, is this a right. formal notice from SAP that this is happening now? Um, in a sense that it's formal, no. Um, so as an official, there is no, uh, certainly to my knowledge, no press release on, on this topic. However, um, really large companies in the German-speaking market that are our customers have been um, asked by SAP to license on authorization objects. So it, it is a thing. It's not a rumor. Um, we know it's happening. And particularly in the automotive sector, we've seen this. Um, one of the three large German car manufacturers have, have been asked to now, um, in 2018, 
for the last time based their licensing on real usage. They should have switched to authorization-based licensing in 2017, at least that was the claim by SAP. But SAP has been lenient enough to allow them to do it one further time on, on uh, based on real usage, but as of 2019, you will have to have uh, the the technology to to base it on on license uh, on um, authorization objects. Isn't this just as I mean what I thought at the time when I heard this rumor a couple of months ago is um I, I, it's, it's almost SAP catching up with Microsoft and others because Microsoft will say uh, I don't care if you're using it or not you've got access you could potentially access this application I, either, via, either via Citrix or via a link on your desktop or whatever it might be. We don't care if you're using it or not. It's the fact that you could have used it and therefore you're, you're, um, you're liable for it. Is it are, they not, are they not just catching up? In a sense, yes. If you want to see it that way, yes, they are catching up. Um, we've seen this message from other vendors as well. I mean, if you think about Oracle database licensing, um, there is this rather famous uh, image of, of a car park. Just because you know you're using one particular car park in a, in a park house um, doesn't mean you don't have to pay for the others either. Because you know, certainly that's the reality. You haven't been using the others, um, but. What Oracle says is because you could have been using all the other parking spots, you have to pay for the entire park house. And this is what SAP is essentially doing here also. I mean, yes, it's a bit generalistic, um, but yeah, it, it goes towards that, that direction for sure. Cool. Okay, thank you. And um, the the real thing I wanted to talk about this afternoon on the podcast was um, the whole case of indirect access. So right. um, obviously there's... there's Lots of heat in 2017 for SAP around indirect access. I think. Oh yes. They were. They probably. Uh, I think one somebody said. Uh, I can't remember who said this, but they said sort of SAP went back into their shell a little bit because of, there's so much bad press around AB InBev and Diageo globally. Correct. So and they've. I think it was um, you know the uh, the CEO saying that they're being empathetic and all this sort of thing. So what's happening around? Yeah. What's happening around indirect access? Right. So five weeks ago, during this big announcement, um, SAP has introduced a new model for indirect access, and um, basically at the same time they presented existing ERP customers with three options. So currently there are three options to, to pick from, either do nothing or remain on the current um, indirect access description as of 2017, um, which we should talk a bit in detail also uh, about. Also. And then um, the new model, which is called um, outcome-based licensing, or in this case, direct access, which is now referred to as human access versus digital access, which is the former indirect access. So they're also changing the names. Um, obviously, the indirect access term is very negatively connotated nowadays. So the, the, the terms are changing to human access versus digital access. OK, so as, as said, there are three options. Either do nothing or change to the new model or do a, an entire technology change. So. What SAP is offering as the third option is that you take all your existing licenses, everything you have in ERP, sw switch it to uh, cloud-based licensing, stuff in S4, um, stuff on the application cloud that they've introduced, the, the S4 application cloud, um, Ariba, SuccessFactors, um, Fury, all those new modern 
technologies that they SAP would like to refer to as the digital uh, digital age technology. Now that option is probably viable for quite a few customers out there, but it's just it just means a lot of work, and you have to be aware of that. Should you go for option three, as in doing a technology change, um, you are agreeing to um, get getting rid of your legacy systems. So everything. Uh, ECC ERP will be changed to the cloud-based stuff. So that's option three. Now, option two, going back, is the new model. And the new model is now based on what you produce in terms of documents. So documents is the new keyword in indirect access slash digital access. So um, it's outcome-based. What does outcome-based mean? It means you can do all sorts of usage as long as you don't create a document. So it's a real paradigm shift. So far in your documents, in your contracts, it says you purchased the usage right to do certain stuff in software. Now, particularly on digital access, it's flipped. Or, you know, the, 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 the point of licensing is later. So now the licensable event is when you create a document. Um, that's, that's quite significant. It might not be as, you know, impactful right now to you, but it is a significant shift in how SAP does licensing. So what does that mean for the average customer, going from indirect access to a database to actually creating a document? What, what does that actually mean in practice? Right. So that means, say, for example, if you're operating in a non-SAP CRM system, that CRM system is um, linked to your SAP system and creates, say, an order document. Uh, so you've created all sorts of opportunities and you've spoken with your potential customer and you've come to an agreement and then through CRM you create an order purchase document or whatever it is in your SAP environment. Now, that initial creation from a third-party application is now a licensable scenario and it's not usage-based. It, it's not user-based any longer, it's creation-based. So um, we, maybe this is a good point to, to just give you a short rundown of the existing licensing model from 2017, which is, by the way, still active and you, you are still allowed to license accordingly. Um, so shall we just talk about that first before we dive into the new topic? Sure. And, and I'm, I'm guessing just because they've made these changes, it doesn't mean it's going to impact your contract as you say to why it's when you re, re Correct. renew or, or renegotiate, isn't it? Correct. Yeah. Right. Okay. So when you decide that the new model is something for you and you decide to proactively approach SAP on the topic, um, you will agree with your account executive to add an addendum to your contract, which then basically swaps your existing licenses, your entitlements, uh, either the orders to cash and procure to pay, uh, newly uh, introduced metrics in, in July 2017 to these brand new document type um, licenses, which have literally just been um, introduced in the latest price list. Um, but you can also switch existing named user entitlements um, should you have been licensing indirect access with named user licenses, which is, by the way, the standard way of doing things. Um, just be aware of the fact that should you swap named user licenses that you've been using for indirect access to document-based accesses, um, you lose the direct access right um, that that named user license inherently offers to you. I hope that was clear. <laughs> quite, a, quite a bit of technical stuff there, sorry. So... Um, could you yeah. maybe repeat that just for, for clarity? <laughs> sure thing. So named user licenses, 
allow you to access SAP directly, the now referred to human access. Um, in the past, or still valid, is this old model of 2017 for indirect access where you can use named user licenses to cover for indirect access. And you can swap those entitlements under this new scheme, um, those named user licenses, for these brand new document-based licenses. If you do that, you lose the right to directly access SAP through human access. Right. That's that's all uh, I'm saying. So if we look at Diageo, where yeah. they were um, they were trying to basically um, do sales order provision via Salesforce.com, if I if I, if sure. I remember correctly. Yeah. How would this sort of how would these scenarios have impacted them? Would this have made things clearer? Um, this would have made things clearer and certainly easier. Um, so what SAP is now doing is they're moving away from the analysis of interfaces. Um, so far, or basically all third-party applications that access SAP do that through so-called interfaces. There, there are a number of them, and you have to analyze all sorts of uh, interfaces. The, the list is uh, enterprise services, web services, RFC connections, iDocs, uh, ABAP code, user exits, database links, file interfaces, and BAPI interfaces. So it's extensive, and you have to analyze all these interfaces in the old model, which, by the way, as I said, is still valid. Now, on top of analyzing all those interfaces, you need to know which third-party applications do these interfaces talk with. Then you need to know who is using those third-party applications, so you need user lists. And then you need to understand what usage that individual is doing in the third-party application and if it matches to their possibly existing um, named user entitlement, because that potentially covers for that third-party usage. So basically, in a nutshell, it's massively complicated. So what does okay. this what does this mean for you guys with the technology trying to manage all this for the customers? How, what does this mean if you one of your customers goes to one of these humans and digital access um, proposals? Right. How, how how do you manage that? Okay, so from a technical perspective, what we do is we use a interface scanner, which is highly detailed. It's probably best in class. Um, we operate with a partner in that technology. And we analyze all sorts of interfaces that are accessing your SAP applications, all the ones that are licensable towards indirect access. Then we determine the list of third-party applications. And that is basically the end, to a certain extent, um, how far you can go from a technology perspective. You can you can find all sorts of ways, if, you, if you're willing, um, to find, say, for example, user lists from those third-party applications. Um, for example, Aspera, we've got a very um, awesome technology, basically, for Salesforce. So it's called License Control for Salesforce, and which allows us to technically evaluate the users of Salesforce and what they're really doing, which allows us to specifically on Salesforce identify all third-party or indirect access towards SAP. So that those tools talk very closely to each other, and it allows us to really easily and quickly, from a technology perspective, help our customers identify their licensing, um, well, demand towards SAP. So basically, 
that's one part of things, being able to uh, technically evaluate the interfaces and then come up with user lists from those third-party applications, which tends to be, quite honestly, a manual process where you speak with uh, product owners, where you speak with users, what are they doing in, in that particular third-party application? Is it still relevant? Do you still need that application? Could we turn it off? Um, how can we find optimization potentials? So it is... To a certain extent, it's probably something like 50 per, to 60 percent a uh, a consulting engagement in an indirect access project based on the old legacy model of 2017. I think it's interesting that they're splitting digital, uh, such as systems like Salesforce and users. I think that that points to the future of Internet of Things and robots and all the rest of it. We, we had a question this week on the ITM Review forum. Uh, around does a robot need office uh, an Office 365 license? You know, because it's not strictly a user, but it's performing tasks. Right. And all of this stuff is is pointing towards a digital future and and hyper connected, digitized networks and stuff. So it's um, interesting how licensing is developing. And 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 I would argue, I mean, whether you love or hate this, whether it's getting simpler or more complex, you can't disagree that SAP is trying, right? They're, list, they're trying of to course. listen. No, no, no. They're, they're doing something, aren't they? Yeah, they are, for sure. The new model, quite honestly, is the, the way forward. It makes sense. It's, it's, it's sensible. It's easy. Um, there are certain aspects just to be considered about the model. So this, this new model, which is called digital access, outcome-based digital access based on documents, um, allows SAP to finally technically measure what their customers are doing in terms of indirect access. And yes, SAP is talking about building trust and building empathy, but essentially what they're also saying is that trust is good, knowledge is better. So they want to know what you are doing in your environments and make it technically measurable. So uh, let's, let's now delve into the, the new model, which is this outcome-based um, scenario where um, any sort of non-human interaction or even human interaction um, as long as it's an external, is um, described as digital access and based on nine different document types. So what SAP has now defined as licensable events for digital access are so-called sales documents, invoice documents, purchase documents, service and maintenance documents, manufacturing documents, time management documents, quality management documents, financial documents, and material documents. Those nine document types um, are now licensable towards uh, digital access, and they have to be counted in different ways. So there are some document if I, if types that have to be counted if, as a document. Yeah, I, sure, please. If I, if I go go for it. create a birthday card from SAP, that's free. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe not. It depends, as anything with SAP. <laughs> yeah, sure. So, find a way. So I, 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 I've got my, I've got that Friday afternoon feeling, Patrick. Sorry, I interrupted. After <laughs> you. It's, it's good. A anyway, so the the documents that you have to count um, are either countable as documents or as line items. Say, for example, if you create a sales document you have to count the line items in that specific document. And what you then have on top of that, to make things maybe a bit difficult, is a factor. So SAP allows you to multiply certain document types, uh, which are the financial documents and the material documents, with a factor of 0.2. So basically, every five documents is a licensable event. 
probably because they've evaluated that a lot of their customers do tons of financial documents and maybe it's just going to be too expensive, um, this new model. By the way, internal checks within Aspera, we've done some calculations point to the likelihood of this new model being a bit maybe significantly more expensive depending on your usage scenario. So the old scenario may be cheaper even though um, it, it isn't cheap at all. Don't forget it's just a, a on-top license to your existing named user and engine licenses so it's basically an on-top charge um, but the new model seems to be slightly more expensive uh, but on the other hand, it's way easier to, to evaluate. That's that's just, you know, it's, it's just easy to come up with these numbers. Um, that said, SAP still has to announce where to read out these these values, in which tables, and what they want their customers to, to read out. And so it's hopefully a bit more predictable for customers. Even if it is yes. expensive, at least they've got the, they can... They can see and predict and and, and see the outcomes of, of their behavior and change accordingly if need be. Correct. Now, that said, let's, let's just talk about the product itself very shortly. The, the new product is called SAP Digital Access, and it's volume tiered, and it's a one-time fee. So basically, if you decide to move towards this new document-based uh, licensing, you have to buy this product one-off. Um, you can then consume um, that license once a year. So say, for example, you buy... 30 million of digital access, which is mid-range size, maybe maybe a bit more towards the, the larger side of, of companies, um, 30 million documents that you are covered for. Now, what this also means is that you're either, typically you're either incompliant, as in you do more than 30 million documents per year, or you're under license, uh, over license, as in you do less than 30 million. So it's very hard to, to really hit the target. And um, it's also hard to evaluate under the year, how much you've been using so far. So um, that's that's just an aspect people need to realize. Um, what SAP currently is doing is based on your measurement of last year, they will um, well basically guesstimate based on certain KPIs in, in that law report, how many documents you will be creating in the next 12 months and then suggest to buy X amount from them. So it's a one-time one-off upfront charge that is going to hit you probably seven figures, maybe eight figures. Yeah, I'll just... Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's the new model. Cool. Well, thank you very much for taking us through that. Of course. Um, please allow me to add, there is still the topic of indirect static read, which is that free of charge scenario. It is now in the new model called SAP Application um, uh, access and SAP application access is again free of charge but as the name implies it is now focused on um, SAP pro uh, products like Ariba and uh, Fiori and all those cloud-based products so um, yeah that is a very questionable decision to, to our understanding what we at Aspera think that might be something where you have legal dispute coming up because it might just be a competition advantage towards SAP if you uh, say everything which is not SAP has to pay towards indirect access. So it's it's unfairly um, adding charges for non-SAP products, which we think should be um, at some point checked by antitrust regulation, to be honest. 
Okay, well, that's um, certainly something I'd be interested in delving into further. Um, sure. It's uh, just coming up for four o'clock in uh, UK time on a Friday afternoon, which means it's five o'clock time, uh, Cologne time, I imagine. Correct. Um, yep. And it's uh, a Friday afternoon, a sunny Friday afternoon before a long weekend. So it's nearly Correct. it's nearly beer o'clock. Um, have thank you very much for sharing your input on SAP and uh, have a fabulous long weekend and uh, you too and, Martin and it's my pleasure let's let's not leave it two years before the next podcast let's not okay. thank you so much thank you mate speak to you soon cheers bye bye yep bye